0: If anyone ever gets the chance to travel to Africa to the Victoria Falls, don't make the mistake of going any other time, but springtime when it's full rain season and the waters are full. If you go any other time when it's dry, it's not as impressive.
1: Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. My guest today is not just a guest, she's a lot more than that. She is somebody who is very close to my heart, but let's introduce her first. She studied textile economics and management in the heart of the yesteryear English textile world in Manchester. And she is a very, very dedicated Rotarian, a past district governor, and now she serves on an international level in senior regional and training capacity. And has traveled immensely in this capacity in the capacity as district governor and in her capacity now but the most important is that she is my friend and she's one of those people who are extremely knowledgeable and practical and when i don't know how to do something it's christina that i call welcome to most memorable journeys christina govotsu patroglu I think uh, that, that's uh, that's a nice title because this is going to be a most memorable journey
0: with my friend Elizabeth Fillinger to Fexis.
1: We've had many most memorable journeys anyway already that we're going to talk about because we also have traveled together. But um, let's start from the beginning. Where does the travel bug come from? Well, I don't know. Um, when when you asked me to do this thing, I tried to think about the
0: journeys and what stands out in my memory most profoundly. I guess um, uh, to start with, I am um, uh, a child of um, uh, Greek expats of uh, uh, the Greek diaspora. Uh, and therefore, the reference was always going back home to granny's home uh, in Athens. Uh, so um, uh, traveling disappears in the midst of childhood. I consider Athens my second home. So um, I guess that... Um, that depicts the frequency of traveling back home to Athens, as my mother would always say.
1: As you said, you are a child of foreigners, really, like my children are today. But you were born in Cyprus and you are kind of, you, you're very at home here.
0: Well, foreigners is also a, a relative um, term because my, my parents were Greek. Yes, um, they were in a, in a different part of the world, but it was still quite a lot a Greek community that they, they found themselves in the, in the 50s. But yes, I could feel sometimes that I was a foreigner uh, because of the way I spoke and the way I more or less behaved, the food I was eating, uh, my style, my customs, and um, generally the, the Greek behavior of the 50s. Yes, a bit of a foreigner, but that doesn't make any difference. Cyprus is still my home and I do
1: love it and I don't think that I would like to live anywhere else but here. I understand that. Neither would I. But, um, you know, just for the people who don't really know, m- many people think that, uh, you know, still many people think that Cyprus is a Greek island. Cyprus is an independent country with its own culture and its own food and its own tradition. And of course, we have a lot in common gr- with Greece, but we do have um, our specialities and uh, we sort of like to distinguish it. But let's go back to your parents, because I know that you were traveling as a child and you were taken to some amazing places. I want to hear about Venice. Venice. Well, uh, Venice is something,
0: you know, when you're six, which was five, five and a half or something. When, when you first um, encounter a long trip, when you you know, you tag along, uh, you don't really know what's the next step. You don't understand what is the next step. So I found myself traveling on a boat to Athens where um, the family was um, accompanied there and then by an aunt and my dearest cousin. Uh, in Athens, uh, and uh, the boat went on to Venice. And then we are in this um, uh, strange city where the taxis are boats. And um, actually on a boat one day, my my the wind took away my hat. And I started um, uh, screaming, daddy, daddy, my hat, in Greek, my hat, daddy, my hat. And, and some co-travelers on the boat who were French, they said, Oh, poor Perdu son père, oh poor child, she lost her father when it was my head, I lost all the time. But it was fascinating, absolutely fascinating, traveling down the canals, up and down and Piazza San Marco and the grandeur of that piazza to the eyes of a five-year-old. That's that's something incomprehensible. But the next step was also very interesting because a few years later, when we were discussing this trip, and I understood what it was all about. We were traveling by train on a leg, a different leg, of the Orient Express, traveling to Paris, which was also very interesting for a five-year-old who hasn't, hadn't traveled on a train, no trains in Cyprus, as you very well know. Uh, and we're traveling on a wagon sleeping at night, going to Paris. Paris, the city of light for a five-year-old. What for? To collect a car. A car that looks like a frog, was the first reaction. Uh, well, actually, that's how they describe it. A Citroën des, Citroën des. Oh, why, why are people looking at it? Oh, because it's an unusual car. Oh, beautiful. And we traveled through Europe in that beautiful car with velour seats and a small shelf down at the back because we were six for the five-year-old. Most amazing, Chip. Most memorable, stays in your mind, you discover what art is, you learn about history beyond the, the fables, the Greek fables. I fell in love with Napoleon in the Louvre suddenly, with, you know, this, this bust on over a, a fireplace. Um, later, I discovered that he was too short, but at that time, he was handsome. And I by high school I knew all about Napoleon and his expeditions and Napoleon the Great. And I decided that I would be the third, the, the third wife after Marie louise Marie Louise. You know, never happened, of course, but you can all keep on dreaming. <laughs>
1: well, and also because you were so much shorter, he didn't maybe didn't look that short at the time. Well, absolutely, He was <laughs> the right size, actually, I think. <laughs> it's all a question of proportions. <laughs>
0: But then there was another similar trip, uh, Elizabeth, and in all, we went through Denmark and uh, the Tivoli in Copenhagen, and then Austria and the beauty of the Chambrun, and then um, uh, Napoleon maybe took second place to Rodolfo, uh, and then we went to, to Brussels and the little boy pond and the Atomium, beautiful, beautiful Germany with a um, with turtle soup that I hated. All sorts of things that stand out in my mind, but...
1: That fascinated me. Absolutely fascinated. Amazing. Now, I want to explain to people who listen to us, because some people may not know what the Rotary Club is, because I know that you traveled, started traveling as a young Rotaractor. And uh, maybe you can just give a very brief um, explanation. What is the difference between a rotoractor and a Rotarian? And then where did you go? Where was your first trip to go for Rotary?
0: My father was a Rotarian, so I knew what Rotary was and that it was the, the prime, the, the first service organization of this kind Uh, where people based on their professional uh, or um, uh, personal experience, as it has become now, offer service to the community, whether it's local or international. We are the the pioneers of uh, uh, the eradication of polio. Uh, And in Cyprus, even in Cyprus, we have done a lot to help the community. Um, We didn't advertise it at the beginning, but we ought to advertise it now because the competition is too big, if I can uh, describe it in these terms but it has filled a large part of my life and it is my, my hobby and my um, side occupation and my passion, if you want, beyond my family, who sometimes happens to take second place and they hate it. But the first trip came in 1986 when uh, I was young with a, a few friends after I had been challenged by my father to start what is called a Rotaract Club. It was a, a Rotary program in those days. Now it's, a, uh, it's an equal partner of a, a Rotary Club, actors. Uh, were uh, young, um, sprouting, uh, ambitious uh, students or professionals aged 18 to 30. Uh, And we started the first uh, Rotaract Club in Cyprus. And within weeks of putting it together, there was a conference in in Cairo. Uh, So we joined the conference in Cairo, some of us. Uh, and it was a most amazing experience because that's where you start understanding the internationality also of the, of the broader, as it is called, district that uh, Cyprus belonged to uh, and belongs to in those days and in these days. And then, then you start meeting and understanding uh, what Rotary does beyond your uh, little uh, uh, enclosed and private world. So that was an eye-opening experience, apart from the cultural um, aura that you receive in what I call a three-dimensional documentary in Egypt.
1: And this was your first time in Africa, right?
0: Yep. First time in Africa. Yeah. Well, in in Egypt, it was my first of 13 times. Uh, But if we're talking about Africa, yes, I had to also memorable trips in Africa. Because, yeah, yeah, that's these-
1: what I want, because I want to go back to the Rotary because you were, I want to go back yeah. to you being a district governor, but that's, that's a long time ahead. I want to hear about that. I have heard about that Africa trip, but I want you to share it with the people because it's too good. Right. Well, the first one was, you know, a call from a friend.
0: How about going to Zambia in April? I said, but that's, uh, that's... Um, Good Saturday, you're talking about. Yeah, well, so what? I mean, how about a different, you know, outlook into Zambia? Zambia, you know, um, going on safaris, seeing elephants and, uh, you know, leopards and uh, uh, lions and crocodiles and all sorts. I said, okay, I'm game. So there we are, three good friends flying off to, to Zambia, where we really had a lovely time. What stands out acutely in the mind is going down to Livingstone, and visiting the Victoria Falls. Now, if anyone ever gets the chance to travel to Africa to the Victoria Falls, don't make the mistake of going any other time but springtime when it's full rain season and the waters are full. If you go any other time when it's dry, it's not as impressive. Uh, The locals call the place uh, Livingstone and uh, the Victoria Falls Mosiotunia, which means the the smoke that roars because of the noise that comes from the uh, gushing water down into the to the abyss it is supposed to be the longest in length i don't know whether it's the fullest in water maybe niagara falls is that but it is so impressive that it leaves you aghast and we crossed over to zimbabwe because we were missing the opportunity to have a coca-cola as long as we were in zambia they were protesting against the um, the home country of the Coca-Cola. I don't remember for which reasons. I distinctly remember we had no Coca-Cola, <laughs> only tip <tea-op>, up, <laughs> uh, which was any sort of juice, kean like we have in Cyprus, if you know what I mean, from guava juice to mango juice, whatever. But uh, when we went over to Victoria Falls Hotel in Zimbabwe, which was typical colonial uh, architecture, we found out that you could uh, rent a small airplane to fly you over the Victoria Falls, which we promptly did but as, lo- as soon as we were in the confines of the little aircraft there was a distinct smell of alcohol permeating around the, the cabin only to realize that our pilot must have been stiff drunk and i don't know for how long so you you know you do your uh, usual um, blessing with your cr- with your fingers crossing your body as we do in greek orthodox one two three times god help us We forgot all about the alcohol, opened the windows, which you could do in a small aircraft like that, and enjoyed the stupendous views looking down at the Victoria Falls. Something not to forget. So I got a liking to going to Africa. So when I received a call from the same friend for Christmas time, going to Burundi, Rwanda, and what was called the Republic of Congo, at the time called Zaire, I never looked back. I boarded the plane, the planes and flew over to Bujumbura, the capital of Burundi. Now, mind you, before before this trip, I didn't even know there was a country called Burundi or a country called Rwanda. I was fortunate enough to visit these two countries um, before the civil war in Rwanda, and I was very sad to hear about the disaster that happened there with the civil war and what a waste of, of human life and human spirit it is to get involved in a war. But I do have the fondest memories, also because we crossed over to, apart from swimming in Tanganyika late on Christmas Day, we crossed over to Zaire, to um, uh, Lake Kivu in uh, uh, the Bukavu city. And we we, we climbed 3,000 meters Well, We didn't climb the 3,000 meters up. We were always uh, already high up. But the height that we reached was about 3,000 meters in deep jungle to to see the gorillas. Um, And it was four of us and uh, four uh, from France, two of which were delegates in the Greek embassy with their French girlfriends, one of which in very French style started walking into the jungle going, In the jungle, the quiet jungle, the lion sleeps tonight only to hear 12 of 11 of us, including the four guards, going, shh, because if the gorillas heard her, that would have been the last time we saw the jungle.
1: (laughs) Did you see the gorillas? Oh, Oh, yes.
0: After three and a half hours of walking in the jungle and going past the same tree about five times, when we thought somebody was vindicating our trip was, you know, in deep vengeance, let's Give them a hard time which was possibly the gorillas we fell on this tribe we, we came across this tribe so we had to be absolutely quiet and absolutely still huge grayback which is the leader of the of the tribe the pack I don't know how they call them the family of gorillas was really impressive um and what was really their primates right so some of their reactions and some of their mannerisms were so human that you, you, you really understand how close to them we really are. Well, you had to stay still until they de- decided to move. There were the mothers uh, nurturing the children, taking care of the children, and uh, feeding the children, quite like um, any human mother, and taking care of their hair and sort of uh, hugging them and kissing them. And, and it was so moving and so belittling. Uh, to our superior mind, which can so- cause such havoc if we think about it, when all they want is their peace and quiet. And what we do is kill them to, to get their feet and for them to, you know, be decorations in our homes. How cruel.
1: Yeah. And I love the way you are describing this because I know that this is quite a long time ago, but you were saying something very important before. And I want to just mention this here because you said that somebody called you and asked you to go and you went. And then the same person called you again, asked you to go and you went. And I believe that one of the most important things in life is to take opportunities and do it. Because we spend a lot of time thinking about doing something and should I, or should I not, or should I go? And at the end of our lives we only regret the things that we didn't do we don't regret the things that we did so when you can talk about some a memory like you can now it was definitely worth even if it may have been a little risk but you're fine you're still alive and um, you know there are certain things that we just need to go ahead and do now you know on occasion
0: well there were there were things there were occasions like in zambia we were almost attacked by a solitary elephant Um, At the time, it was quite frightening. But what you do of a memory is very important. Can you convert it into a joke? Can you keep only the nice part of uh, of a memory? I think that's what's important in life. Mm -hmm. Even the hard times that you get, try and find the funniest parts of it and uh, include them in your memory. And then the memory is not so hard.
1: Well, exactly, but you can also be different. There are some people who only remember the bad stuff and 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 dwell on it and 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 regret things. So um it's good to keep good memories, and especially it's good to laugh about things and laugh about ourselves once in a while. Let's go back to to the rotary because, We traveled together for the Rotary. I just came along. You traveled for the Rotary and I came with you. But tell us first a little bit about your year as a district governor. Why did you travel a lot when you were a district governor? Well, um, districts are groups of clubs. To have a district,
0: you need around 1,000 Rotarians. Ours has 2,000 Rotarians. And um, around about 60 clubs. Ours at the time had around 78, 80 clubs. Uh, That was in 2017, 2018. Just a bracket, to to qualify as a governor, you need to go to the so-called International Assembly, if you want, we can discuss that later, Uh, where I was asked, how many districts in your country, like Germany has a number of districts, Brazil has, has a huge number of districts. So my response was, well, actually, it's not how many districts in my country. It's more like how many countries in my district, which is nine which makes us a mini rotor international i think that we are one of the very very few uh, one two or three countries that have so many uh, districts that have so many countries included in our formation ours is um, made up from uh, of um, armenia georgia uh, bahrain uh, the united arab emirates palestine um, jordan uh, sudan lebanon Cyprus, we're a total of nine countries uh, with totally different characters, with totally different customs, variations of of religions, um, Christian, um, Muslim, whatever you can think with all the variations of these religions as well. We touch three continents. We used to touch three continents. If you included Egypt, which was separated from us a few years ago, now we touch two continents. But so diverse and so amazing, in other districts, you travel by train, you travel by car. In our district, you can only travel by plane. There is no way you can reach one country or another by earthly means of transport. So you visit Armenia and uh, you have something totally different. You see a totally different culture. And within the rotary spirit, the needs of the people in Armenia are very, very different to the needs of the people in Palestine or the, um, uh, the needs of the people in Cyprus or the needs of the people in Lebanon. The service that Rotarians give in Armenia is different to the service that Rotarians give in the other countries of Palestine, Lebanon, Jordan, or, or, or what have you. Uh, but you also have countries that don't have such strong needs. Cyprus could be included in, in some of those basic needs like Clean water in schools um, is needed in in, uh, Lebanon or Jordan or Palestine. Um, uh, Hospitals where uh, babies are treated because they can't afford to be treated also is a very prominent need in these countries. Whereas, um, let's say, sort of, of wealthier countries like Cyprus or uh, Bahrain or the United Arab Emirates can be supporters of these programs. And uh, then you also have the backup of what we call the Rotary Foundation, which is the support of the programs of the Rotary Clubs. So service within our district is immense to the local communities, each one, as I explained, in its own character. And that fascinated me. As I keep saying, I was elected governor of this district. So I had a bit of arrogance in my style. You know, I'm the governor. I'm the first woman governor of my district. And then when you go visiting these countries, with time, you become humbler and humbler and humbler when you recognize that you are simply a Rotarian with all these people. Maybe your responsibilities are different. They might be more elevated, but you are also far away from the service that these people give. So it makes you even more humble to see and appreciate what the average Rotarian is doing in the average club in the district.
1: Yeah, I think that that's wonderful, and and I think um, one of your well, let's be careful how we say that. I don't want to say your favorite countries, but a place that is close to your heart and also very close to my heart is Lebanon. Well, that's easy uh, for various reasons.
0: To begin, the flight is only twenty five minutes, <laughs> right? Uh, secondly, uh, people there live and breathe the Rotarians. There live and breathe Rotary. There was a man with an inspiration for a great project, which was, as I mentioned earlier, the supply of clean water to schools. And they've reached supplying 1,200 schools uh, in Lebanon with with clean water. That has increased the the position of Rotary. That has solidified the position of Rotary. But in, in Lebanon, not that it didn't happen in other countries, I somehow found some soulmates. My Dear, dearest friend, Mona Rasamni, who refuses that I stay in a hotel. And on one attempt to stay in a hotel, she stopped speaking to me. <laughs> and as you remember, we enjoyed the hospitality of Mona Rasamni in her lovely home, which was destroyed almost completely in, in, in the 4th of August uh, explosion. But it's also close to my heart. Lebanon is close to my heart because they are energy-driven. They are service-driven, as Rotarian, and they can be good friends. Uh, And the 25-minute flight gave me the excuse to fly to Lebanon during my time as governor eight times. So combining this friendship and the fellowship with the service that you can do there uh, is simply
1: amazing. Yeah, and you during your the time that you were a governor, you organized. I don't know what it was called. You have to help me, but you organized an event where you actually had the president of Lebanon as your. Oh yes, yes. Um,
0: I made a, I made a bid to organize what are called the presidential conference, peace conference, with Rotary International, um, and knowing that um, Lebanon had um, possibly a better um, loyalty than we have here in Cyprus to Rotary. Uh, I placed it in Rotary. Also, the bid was for a water and sanitation uh, peace conference, related peace conference. And they had the the project there, the water project. So I made a bid with Rotary International to organize this presidential conference. I received a reply that maybe uh, visiting Lebanon could be a little volatile. Time, ISIS was uh, flying high in Europe, terrorizing every other city. So my comment was, why? Do you trust Europe any better than you would trust Lebanon? Based on that comment, they entrusted us with the, with the conference. I remember that um, the big conference hall at the Phoenicia Intercontinental could seat 1,000 people. And there were people standing in the back of the room, which means that we had over 1,000 people at the opening. It was under the auspices of uh, Michel Aoun, who is the, the, the president of Lebanon, who welcomed the opportunity to, uh, to be the patron of the conference. And that was also a very memorable and dignified event uh, for which Rotary International um, staff and um, high-ranking officers and even the president of Rotary International at the time, my dear friend Ian Risley, are still talking about. So, yeah. yes, that was very rewarding.
1: And that's how Christina became a celebrity in, in Lebanon. And every time I went there with her, everybody knows her. Everybody, who, wherever you go, any place that has anything to do with Rotary, Christina is known. Good stuff. I mean, this is, I mean, coming, going to Lebanon, it's so close. It's close to our hearts. It's close in distance, as you say, 20, 25 minutes flights. I admire the people because they have gone through so much and they are still standing and still going strong and still fighting and nothing can really, really destroy them. And that's fantastic because they don't allow anything to destroy them. Well, actually, there is another trip
0: planned for Lebanon between the 6th and the 8th of May when uh, the Lebanese will be, my friends in Lebanon, will be inaugurating the um, uh, children's ICU unit in the um, Rosary Hospital, one of the hospitals that was destroyed because of the explosion of the 6th of August uh, 2020. That's one of the projects of the size of $270,000. And uh, it is quite admirable. So they've invited uh, all those who contributed to the uh, reconstitution of the unit. So um, I'll be going there to honor them for their stamina and their um,
1: uh, wish to serve. Fantastic. We went on another trip together and we were celebrating, what were we celebrating? 40 years of women in Rotary and we went to Prague. And Yes, we did. You know, the one thing that really stuck to me is the friendship that that uh, sort of I, I, we got together with women that I had never met before. And even though we only spent like four or five days together, I have such fond memory and I have such I feel such a, fo- a bond to those women that were there together with us. Well, you see, that is one of the great things about Rotary,
0: that there are no national boundaries. If, if you if you can have a broad mind. You discover that there are people in this world, and all the people are the same. And um, Rotary is very, very uh, keen on uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion these days, which um, I find that to begin with, my district could be, uh, you know, a, 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 an example of. But also Cyprus, living in a country that is divided by political uh, division, which um, is also a physical division. Rotary has helped us understand that the humanity of a person should come first before any other belief and that we are all basically the same. So uh, you discovered that we were, I guess we discovered that we were the group that really joined together uh, in in Prague uh, and we were uh, uh, meeting everybody else. We were a unit of women meeting the, the rest of the group. There was uh, you, a Swiss who was living in Cyprus. 40 years, happy anniversary to. <laughs> Thank you.) <laughs> <laughs> there was a daughter of expats in Cyprus. There was a Turkish Cypriot, Rotarian. There was a Turkish Rotarian, Oschan, the Turkish Cypriot, and Yeshim, the Turkish Rotarian. And Stalo, who was not a Rotarian, who is the only Cypriot in the group. She fit it in perfectly. And we were this odd group of people who could otherwise not associate, otherwise not be friends. And we spent three days, which seemed like a week, like a month. And we enjoyed a human relationship. Now, I know that we are accused as Rotarians of showing in Facebook or other social media, that we are out there partying. Well, yes, we do enjoy having our dinners together. We do enjoy our social events. If it was not for those social events and that human relationship that is created around a dinner table, a breakfast table, a a, a shared ice cream in the street, or sausages in a bun in the clock square in Prague, there would be no Rotary there would be no willingness to serve together. And we celebrated women in Rotary there. And it is one of the most memorable trips I myself had in my Rotary life. Every time it comes up in memories in the famous Facebook and things like that, it's one of those memories that I do want to share. And it's uh, it's always great that Chan invited us over to go to Kyrene and have dinner. And that. Yashim and I grew a a stronger bond and we're working together in the training. And people are looking at us and wondering, she's Turkish and she's Cypriot and they are friends? Yes, because we're human. So apart from the great time that we had in in, in May, in May 9, 2019 in Prague, Prague stands out in my mind for human relationships.
1: Yes, and this is what I always say when I was a tour guide and, and later on as a lifelong traveler, when you get to know each other and when you start talking to each other, you understand that we are all the same. We are all the same people. We all have the same needs. We all have to say we want to be happy. We want to be safe and we want to have a little bit of significance because we want to contribute to the world. So we're all the same and we, have, we it, it's time to forget all this nationalism, especially, especially in these times that we are now. Now, Christina, time is flying, but I want to hear a little more. We've got another five, ten minutes. I want to hear about some other trips, not just Rotary, because you you travel with your family and you travel with your husband. Yes, we do. And we do that because my mom used to come
0: from what my mom used to do. She used to load uh, the right hand drive car uh, onto the ferry boats that traveled between uh, Limassol and Piraeus, and land off in a left hand drive country and take us all up and down north, south, east and west in Greece. As well as the two trips that we did in Europe in car, in the car. So this is something that stayed as a as a modus vivendi in my conscious life, and this is what I wanted to give to my children: travel with them and intrigue them in the in the various parts of this world that make up this planet that is called Earth. And we traveled in in a, an amazing cruise around the the Mediterranean in 2008, going from Malta to Napoli and visiting uh, Pompeii and uh, then going uh, to, to Florence and to Rome and to um, the Cote d'Azur, where they had the most amazing meringue that they still remember and talk about in, uh, in in Nice, and Barcelona, which was a one-day visit, and it's in the bucket list to be back there again. Uh, and we traveled to Paris with them, we traveled to to London with the children, uh, and they keep opening their mind and their spirit. And we also did 1,300 kilometers in the Peloponnese, 13 days, 1,300 kilometers, and eight hotels. When I described the route to my husband, he almost flipped. (laughs) But we loved every minute of it, every, every single minute of it. And we traveled to Morocco with the children. Now, they're no longer children, but this is what we Mediterraneans do. We call our children children until they are 60. <laughs> uh, regardless, it's memories that stay in your mind. Uh, it may be a duplication of what your parents did, but if your parents did something good, you better repeat it in, in, in when you grow up with your family. That's what stands out. Another trip that stands out very profoundly in my memory is Visiting uh, Seville in the 1992 expo, uh, which happened in Seville, which was also the 500th anniversary of the discovery of the Americas. You know, renting a car and trekking down the streets of any country uh, is my favorite pastime. Visiting I know. Granada and the Alhambra. So um, give me a, a steering wheel and take my
1: heart away. I'll sell it to the devil if it happens. <laughs> So um, let's review this. I, I always ask people that it's actually quite a stupid question because, you know, what was your most memorable journey? Because that's the title of my podcast. There are many, aren't there? Is there one? Yeah, you can't.
0: You can't no, I can't because uh, I'm Pisces, so I can't choose. Uh, one moment I want this, then I want the other. Uh, at the dinner table, you must have noticed that I'm always the last one to order because I change my mind um, <laughs> uh, every two seconds that I want to order this, 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 this. So I, I, can't, I can't say which one was um, the most memorable one. They were all good because I can derive happiness from every single one of them. Even the ones, we had, we had an accident with Patroclus uh, in uh, a, a driving uh, expedition in Crete when Jenny was seven months old, and the car the car toppled over um, seventy meters down uh, the side of the road, downhill the side of the road, and even in that, I only want to retain the funny moments. And that has not deterred me from renting a car again. So, if I can say what was the nicest trip of my life, uh, then I can say that it has been uh, um, over definitely over half a centuries of traveling around whichever part of the world I have been to as a one lifelong trip of learning, of uh, absorbing, of consuming, of um, becoming hopefully better than I was uh, before I started my drive to the airport and my flight to the next destination. So I want that this trip doesn't stop until the day that I fly to heaven if I wow. fly to heaven
1: i don't think this could have ended any nicer what a beautiful way to say that and and connecting the world because this is what you do this is what we do and uh, including people who are with us wherever we go I hope that we shall be traveling again together, because I know that you have missed quite a few trips that you were supposed to go on during COVID, and they were cancelled, and um, and it was a bit sad. But you make the best made the best of it, like you always do. Well, they were converted to Zoom, uh,
0: which is a very convenient tool, and we were very lucky to have the Zoom tool. But it will never ever replace uh, the human relationship of meeting. Where rotor is concerned, at least you know uh, people that uh, are your friends and hugging them and saying hello to them again and going on to serve again together with them. We should never give up on on a physical and in person human relationship.
1: We won't, and we will be traveling again. Thank you so much for being my guest today. It was a huge pleasure. Thank you, Christina. It was my pleasure too,
0: and uh, uh, as we said earlier, never regret a trip that you have done only regret those that you didn't choose to do.
1: If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes.